everyone. This is um, ABA Owls here. Um, and ABA Owls is, consists of Carla and myself. And we talk about various topics about applied behavior analysis. Yes. And you can notice from our very brilliant intro that we do this all the time. <laughs> we don't. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't. We just thought that we would like, so we would like to be in your ear in a way because I know everyone at the moment locked in the house and it's you know we run workshops uh, it's mostly face to face so we do know sometimes it's hard when you have children and during this crisis to to come out so we thought something nice and hopefully short would be helpful yes I think you know we thought Carla and I were talking about a few things that we thought would be helpful to our community at this time and um, we thought we'd start with something that's quite applicable at the moment so you obviously are at home with your children all your children and um, your families and we thought it would be quite helpful to talk about some of the things that Carl and I thought would be helpful for you at this time so um, yeah should we should we say a bit about what kind of topics we're thinking of yeah we can Again, like, for example, today we're, we want to address, like, you know, what to do if you're, you know, in isolation with your child at home because there's no school at the moment because we have this, you know, 2020 that started to kick off to a great start. Um, I dread to look at the rest of the <laughs> But, yeah, we want to talk things about, like, you know, because in our workshops people ask us questions about, very good questions, actually, about, you know, what's best, like, is it... Should I use Makaton or PEX or uh, what is exactly verbal behavior and all these things that we don't have the time to explain during the workshops because we're focusing on other things like why does the behavior happen? So I think this would be a good platform, you know, for people to get to know other areas of ABA, but maybe in a, in a less, so not in a, not that our workshops are formal, but in a less formal structure in a more, uh, you know, more, we're going to try to be a bit more layman's terms. We don't because we don't want people to be scared of all this jargon and all this technical stuff, because it is it is simple when it's well explained, which I hope we can well explain. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, Carla. Like it is it is so simple if you get it right. But, you know, if you don't get it right, things go terribly wrong. And yeah. I, I think that's what we can use this podcast for is helping people to talk about things in a very light, you know, in a light way so that people feel more engaged and that they that they're not alone on things that, you know, these things are common and we're able to help a lot of people with just simple simple rules or simple guidelines if you will. Um today's topic we're going to be talking about that dreaded thing coronavirus <laughs> uh, well, not really. And holidays, so being at home and what we can do, how we can maximize our um, home environment to be stimulating and fun, basically. Um, so, Carl and I chatted about it and thought it'd be really, really important. I think the first thing, and this is something that is easier said than done, um, mm-hmm. is to be organized. Um, you know, you know, and it, it, it's so true. If you if you are prepared and you're organized, you feel better. You feel more confident. You feel more um, sort of empowered really to do to to go through your day and so I think the first thing we thought about was to draw a timetable um, and it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be something that you follow militantly 
it just has to be sort of a guideline um, to help you structure your day um, yeah. because that's how I structure my day, basically. Yeah, exactly. And if you're a family that, you know, you're not into routines and stuff, and I'm sorry to say, but routines do help a lot, with especially children with autism, children in general, because if you know what you're going to do, at least for a certain amount, not not the, not the entire day, but at least, like, say, from 9 to 12, if you have those moments structured, structured, it makes it so much easier to go through either learning or materials or even playing because you know that's what you're going to be doing. And I know some families like to be more lax. And if it works for you, fair enough. But from experience, I've noticed that families that don't have a structure like on the day, like for teaching or playing, do tend to have a harder time because they do feel like everything is chaotic and they don't know where to start. Absolutely. And I think also you must never forget the the craftiness of the young people we're talking about and how mm. they are very, very quick and easy to distract you from the plan at hand. Um, so if you're organized and you're on top of your stuff and you have a timetable, you're more likely to follow it. You're more likely to stick to it. Um, and I think for, you know, for ideas on how to find these things, um, I think the schools that your children should be currently in should have some kind of access to a timetable um, so that, you know, you could follow those roughly. I think if it helps um, because the young person or the child might be used to that structure already in a way. So it can't be quite easy to just use that. Or, um, you know, you could make up your own one based on things that you think that they need to do that day. Um, I prefer to go off someone else's in a way um, and then sort of craft it into my own. I don't know how you feel about it, Kana. Um, For me, I do like to make my own because I do, you know, I do like organization. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I remember last year on my birthday and I asked people, OK, what's my um, biggest thing? And you I remember you and a friend of ours wrote organization. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I, and I was going to write my biggest thing is to put my foot in my mouth, but you know. Um, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I do like to organize myself, but, and I know sometimes I give myself too much of a task. So sometimes if you feel, I, this is what I do, if I feel like I'm putting too much on me, I choose, okay, there are four or five things, sometimes even less if you think you're feeling overwhelmed that I want to do today. So if you say, you know, I want to do maths and English, a bit of writing and a bit of addition with my son or my daughter or my children, you know, set it up with Monday mornings could be for half an hour or an hour maths. uh, And that's your Monday morning. So start small. If you're not ready to do a big one, start do on the day and keep keep a record of what you've done, like just sketched out or written down, because then you can build your timetable and you can see okay cool this is what what I can do throughout the day um but again if you're not comfortable doing that by yourself you know ask people who are organized go online uh go go look for templates I mean we're going to talk about where to get resources as well but you know there's a lot of templates for timetables online I can promise you go on google and put timetable template done I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Google, you and know. I think, 
And I think also it's, um, as Carl was saying, like having a bank of stuff, because you can also see what works and what doesn't on certain days. You'll start to realize, <laughs> oh, you know, maybe maths on Friday afternoon might not be the best idea. Maybe we should do that on Monday morning. So you can also try and test it as a good way. Practice makes, well, doesn't, you know, practice makes perfect to see what works when. Because sometimes, as Carl was saying, I have grand plans about my day and then I just don't end up doing them. And then I feel rubbish about starting the next day. So it's, it's, I would say like small achievable goals throughout would be better than having 25 on your list that you only do half of, mm. you know, 30% of. So I would say, yeah, that would be my advice. I think that's probably, you know, that's some and good. If you do small achievable goals, which we will hear us talk about a lot, um, mm-hmm. it does, inc- like Lauren said earlier in the podcast, it will increase your confidence. Same thing with being organized. It's just... It will make you feel better to know at least I've done the one thing I wanted to do. It's just, it. I know it sounds weird or it sounds maybe doesn't make any sense. But if, you know, if we had four goals and we did them all, we'd be like, yes. And if you have 25 goals, like Lauren mentioned, and we did like 12, that's less than 50%. And trick your mind into feeling better. You know, don't make life harder for yourself, I would say. Yeah, and then it's easier to get started the next day because you did the four the previous day. So you're feeling good. You're you're on that. It's sort of like the momentum is already there. Yeah. Um, so that helps you, you know, keep going. Um. So yeah. So do you wanna do you wanna move on to the next thing? Yeah, Carla? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um. So we also want to talk about resources because a lot of people um react. So they have okay, we're gonna drawing, and then they're looking for the pencils, looking for the paper. We would say have all your teaching and playing resources in like in a bag, in a box, or some people like to put stuff up on the fridge, uh, like papers, etc. Have it ready first. So even the night before, after the kids gone to bed, if you have the patience, or in the morning, I don't know, I don't know your schedule. Um, it will depend on you. But sit down and prepare. For example, prepare all the resources for maths. You know, again, don't take on too much. Prepare maths or English. And put it in wherever container or place you think it's best, like in a proper either box or in a in a drawer where you know that's where all your stuff is going to be. So don't mix it with other stuff because then you can just be like, all right, we're going to do some writing. And then you just bring out your bag or your box, etc., or your folder and you have everything there ready. So and. And because there's so much to cover, like now it's the Easter holidays when we're recording. We don't know when schools are going to go back. And you might have to do a lot of online stuff with your children at home. So it's good to always be a a bit of a step ahead if you can. What do you think, Lauren? Absolutely. I think, you know, if it makes the day flow better and it's easier to get started, you're probably also more likely to do it. Everything's to hand, so you can just literally just grab it from its organized place and grab it to get started. You'll have less avoidance behavior by the kids because it'll already be there, as opposed to if you're looking, searching for resources and you're searching around for paper, they've got their chance to grab a screen, run off, grab a snack, whatever. And then you go, okay, fine, we'll do it after your snack. So you can, it can flow better. There can be a bit of flow. Yeah. And if, as Carla was saying, if you just work from, even if you work from nine to like 11 and that's all you do of that day and it's concentrated and it's good work, you'll feel so much better as opposed to having from nine to three and it's patchy and nothing gets done because you're searching for things all the time. So it just, 
it, again, it's more the, the flow and the confidence comes with the pace of the, of the day. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that's probably what I would say about that. And next, we're going to be talking about what and where for resources. Yay! After you, lady. Okay, so um, in terms of like where to find things or what kinds of things to do. So let's start with what. Um, I think activity cards are a really, really good thing to use. Um, you know, look for worksheets online, look for exciting things, look for playing activities. Um, you know, Pinterest is an endless place to find amazing oh. things. Oh, it's um, so good. Exactly. And, you know, I spend a lot of my life looking for things on Pinterest and looking for ideas and, and having to look at those ideas and tweaking them for the young people that I work with. Um, also, occupational therapy, like exercises are really good. Um, yeah. They have great stuff on YouTube also of like videos of kids doing yoga and workouts and things. So it's a good place to, um, yeah. you know, draw on resources that are also not just for staring at the screen, but for also yeah. using for educational purposes. Um, yeah, there's also a place called Twinkle, um, which is uh, very good, but you also have to pay for it. I think they might be doing a, a free trial um, at the moment because obviously everyone's homebound. Um, but you can also contact your school or your um, yeah. your child's teacher yeah, or most other parents schools, yeah. about it. Most schools will have Twinkle. Um, most teachers will have access to Twinkle. And we you can actually research the stuff and then maybe send the name to your to the teacher say oh look do you mind getting this and that because some teacher will be like yeah that's fine because it's a quick download and send it to you um and also there's this really cool thing that i i found out today that's called it's on instagram it's called saving with stories so it's an initiative it's american but it's still cool where celebrities are reading stories and asking for donations in america for you know children who need uh, hot lunches um, they're also starting to do it in the UK, but I did not find a UK account, but they have, for example, I have a little boy who loves, well, not mine, like one of my clients who loves, um, Fantastic Beasts and Harry Potter. And one of the actors that play, the actor that plays Newt's commander. So Eddie Redman, I think that's how you say his surname. He mm-hmm. reads one of the stories and he's reading his, my, this boy's favorite book. So I sent it to his mom, like, oh, just show him this. So again, that's another way. You can like you can put something like if you you can read the story or if you find someone you know your child likes, put like go on YouTube, go on Instagram. There people are people are being very good posting things to help each other. I think also I know um, there's a lady that I know who's had a baby recently. She's just a one year old, and um, she said some of the people are recording like friends and family are doing it too on YouTube. So they're actually recording themselves and posting. So. There's a range of different accents you can find on there. There's also South African if you're interested. Um, (laughs) I I just wanted to add also, I I know it's tough to to be energized, but I think energy or bringing energy to things can really help lift the mood of, of the household. And, you know, if, if you go into um, trying to start your day with, Oh, I don't really want to do this. And, you know, my kids are irritating me and I, I know it's really hard, but I actually feel that if you bring positive energy to the teaching or any activity, you'll probably get the children will get more out of it, and so will you, and it might improve the atmosphere. I think it's it's hard. It's really hard to do this, especially at the moment when we're sort of homebound. But I think it, it is really important, and it can be really helpful to just be energized and be excited about the things that you'll be teaching. 
Yeah, exactly. And also, you don't have to be teaching all the time. Give them a break. Like, have water play, messy play. Sometimes, you know what, fair enough. Let them watch a short video. Like, you know, you have on Netflix, there's Hollywood Henry or <clears throat> or Peppa Pig, I think, like, which Peppa's a bit of a brat. I'm not the biggest fan yeah. of Peppa. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Um, but, you know, give them breaks. It's okay to not be on task all the time because... They're not on task all the time in school. When they finish a task, they sometimes are distracted or they look away or they have to wait or they have story time, depending on the age, obviously. Uh, but even when kids are older, even mainstream, you know, neurotypical children, I, I'm personally not a believer of <laughs> on task all the time. I think kids should have a bit more break and more time engaging in practical activities but that's just me that's a whole other topic <laughs> because yeah I, I think it's just so I and and don't don't get me started on homework because I mean eight hours in the school or some some kids do when they're older and then they come home and they have more homework and it's like why 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 <laughs> but that's you know that's <laughs> sorry I'm not even going to go into that <laughs> Um, I wanted to add something also about timetables, and I'm not sure whether this is – I forgot yeah, to mention. I think it's a good – timetables should be also used for, like, uh, a moving around task or a task that involves um, yeah. not sitting at a table um, and then sometimes also sitting at a table. So I would vary those and maybe um, sort of round-robin them a bit so that you have some days where – sometimes when you're sitting at the table concentrating tasks and sometimes when you're moving around – um, the you know your garden or your flat or using the different house different rooms of your house so that you it's not always just in the same room I think that helps also to keep us keep our minds engaged and our bodies engaged yeah I agree I think that's very important like sometimes you do you know if because now the weather in the UK the weather's improving and you know sometimes if you have a garden or a veranda you know do stuff there you know do exercise outside or Sometimes do maths outside. You know, you don't have always to do mm. maths or English at a table. Bring like a picnic blanket and like something hard for the kids to work on and just just do it. I mean, enjoy. I love teaching in the sun. I love when the weather's nice and I can do all my clients' targets. Like we just spend all day in the sun if we can with, you know, sunscreen. Everyone calm down. No one's going to get Yeah, and hats. <laughs> no one's getting skin cancer under my watch. <laughs> um. And now that we've talked a bit, a bit more about the generals, we're going to talk a little bit about the ABA side of it, which is why... Oh, did we say our podcast name, Lauren? No, we didn't. <laughs> okay, we'll do it now. It's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, we are... Lauren had the idea for this title, which I love, which is called uh, Chirping... Did I say the word correct? Chirping with ABA Owls. Yeah, Chirping with ABA Owls. Chirping. See, you can tell I'm, uh, I'm a foreigner chirping with ABA owls because you know you explain I think it's obvious yeah because because birds chirp and I know owls don't nest they might not chirp but birds chirp so we thought it would be quite cute because it's not just chatting it's chirping with ABA owls about things that yeah we like cute we like puns Mm. it's us (laughs) all right um for the ABA part uh I'll just kick start if that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. So what some of my clients have been messaging me about or talking to me about are tantrums. So kids, because kids have a lot of energy and they're locked in the house and they want more attention or they want to play with something or do some activity. And, you know, some parents are working from home. 
before you say no, give them something they like, like a toy or a song. Because if you just go completely cut off, all of a sudden, it will probably create a bigger problem. And this is the same with everything, isn't it? To say it's not just attention, when they want something or when they want an activity. And if you can't give it to them at the moment, I would say, at least in before you just go straight no, offer them something else that can compete a little bit so it kind of... It's not just, you know, so it doesn't, because some kids don't understand that they, that, you know, n not now means not now. Some kids think that not now means not ever again. And they go a bit, <laughs> you know, yeah. all over the place. Um, yeah. So it's better to give them what they want at the moment, because if, because imagine if you say, oh, you can't have it right now. And there's a big tantrum. And then when the tantrum's at this highest place, like shouting, throwing, and then you say, oh, okay, you can have it. You're just reinforcing the highest, the most intense behavior. Yeah, no, I think, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one to, to try and explain in a different manner. But basically, yeah. what, I would, what my recommendation would be is if you know that you can't like you can't if you say no and you know you're not going to be able to follow through and you're just going to give the child what they want whether it's attention or a thing or yeah. they you know avoiding work or avoiding whatever following instructions I would say I would probably give in I would probably let them off on the smallest form of that behavior so if it as Carl was saying if it's a wine let them have what they want as opposed to trashing a room or being mm -hmm. aggressive or hurting you or hurting the sibling because what the child will learn is is that when when mommy or daddy or whoever says no I've just got to go to the highest point of my the worst possible behavior I can have until they give me what I want and that's not what we want to do and we understand that people's you know your patience is low because you you don't have anywhere to yeah. go and you're with your children 24-7, and you're their teacher and their mother and their cook and their, you know, everything. So I'm not in discluding dads from that. I mean, the dad's also involved in that. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, in these times, I would say you probably want to give in on the smallest part of that as opposed to the biggest behavior. Um, if you're not strong enough or you don't have the patience, just give in early. It's better. To reward that than to reward a bigger problem behavior, basically. Yeah. Okay. So um, also in terms of um, ABA things, you know, um, in terms of aggressive behaviors and what are the different levels we see? So, you know, it's it's not nice to see your see the, the young person you work with or your, the child, your child in having aggressive behavior towards yourself or others or especially um, towards themselves. Um, so... You know, you can prevent your, your child and yourself from being hurt by doing a few things. So, as we said before, giving in early, not letting behavior escalate to an unmanageable point. Um, also, um, you know, keep your child busy with other things. If they tend to engage in a lot of um, behaviors like hand flapping or whatever, give, give them exercises they can do, like in your OT time or your physical time, so that they don't have to do that at such a high rate at other points. Um, because when you try and stop it when you're doing work and you've been sitting down forever, you'll probably see more and more of those kinds of behaviors. Um, so it's it's important to keep that balance. Um, you know, if you see them getting a bit jittery, move them around. Go for a little run in the garden or jump on the spot mm -hmm. or do some exercises or listen to your favorite song and dance or 
Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really hard to manage those things, but it's about keeping and keep yourself safe. You know, you don't have to, if they start being aggressive, don't stand near them towards you. You know, you can move away from them as long as they're safe and you're safe, then that's probably the best way I would manage it. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. And safety is very important, not just for the child, for yourself as well, because Lots of people focus on just the child, which is good. We should focus on the people at risk. But you also need to think about that. It's not okay if you get hit. It's not okay if you get hurt. And it's very demoralizing to always be the one that gets hurt. Um, it does affect you as well. So, hmm. you know, I again, I, I'm thinking about a boy who can get quite aggressive, but he doesn't like be restrained physically so with other people's hands so what we do is we use a pillow over his hands when he's hitting himself or scratching himself because he resists less when it's the pillow like because i i think there's something about being grabbed by someone that causes him to go even you know even more intense in his behavior Mm. and having the pillow kind of not calms him down but doesn't create the same kind of reaction uh, so pillow on the hands, obviously, no pillows on the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's not, let's not, let's not <laughs> encourage. And that. also, you know, don't be afraid to. Like, I had a child who used to get very upset, and he'd want to scream. I was like, you know what? If you're gonna get upset, you can just go into the other room and scream. Yeah. Stamp your feet, scream, and we would do role play of those kinds of activities, so that when he did get upset. I was like, remember, we, you know, if you're getting upset, you can leave. You don't have to stay here. Like, so that he wouldn't be aggressive towards me, that he could go to another space and be angry. It's okay to be angry or be upset. It's just not okay to hurt yourself or hurt other people. Yeah. So find other ways that you can sort of get that out, that kind of aggression out. So when you're doing work, uh, school work from home or, or even during the holidays or you want to do any activities, both learning and fun, it's always good to keep in mind motivation so we're going to talk about this a lot so if there's no motivation to do something that a child or an adult whoever will not do it if I don't get paid to do work I'm not going to do work uh, so it's the same thing with children but children can be more obvious about it so you know if they want the iPad or they want to go to the garden and if you need to do some school work use that and say you know mm-hmm. what we're going to go to the garden in a few minutes let's first do this quick spelling or this quick reading and then let's go but be fair if you promised a certain amount of work don't keep adding more work so if you said we're going to read five pages don't try to sneak in the sixth page because children will then pick up on that and they will not trust you and then they they won't do anything you want because Mm -hmm. they've learned that you're going to push them to do even more stuff it's like your boss saying okay you only have to work three hours today and then he comes, oh, actually, you need to do a fourth hour and you don't get any more money for it. So it's kind of like that. So you need to keep the motivation is to keep be kept up and to be kept up. You need to be fair and you can't just trick your child uh, into doing more work than what you ask them to do, I think. And, you know, we use the term reinforcement and reinforcer. So reinforcer is an object or an activity that will will increase a behavior. Another word for reinforcement you can think um, about is rewards. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of the same yeah. thing. You know, it's a thing you want. It's a thing you want. It's a thing that you like. 
exactly. And yeah, we touched a bit on the, you know, uh, not giving more work than what you promised. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I know, and I think we spoke about this also earlier in the timetable, that there's not yeah. too, not, not having too much information given. I think it's, in, and I do this with all the young people I work with, whether they're neurotypical, developing, or they have special needs, or they have a learning difficulty, or they have an, or they have ASD. It doesn't really matter as long as the information and the, the, that you want the child, the key information is in the instruction, you'll be more successful. Um, it's not like giving a, a briefing at a board meeting. It's about telling the child what they what they what they need to do, show them how to do it, or you know sometimes I model, I show them how to do it, and then I get them to do one on their own so that it doesn't seem impossible to do, or it doesn't seem like sometimes we tell kids what we're, what they're going to do, and then they picture other things in their head, and then they have problem behavior. So if you show them, they're more likely to do it because it looks easier, and also oh you're doing it, okay, it's not so bad if I do it. Um, and also, it's a good way to get kids to do things, sometimes do things on their own after you show them, look, I showed you, I see you can do it. Brilliant. Now do another three by yourself. Excellent. So that you don't have to always be on top of them. It's about also increasing confidence and independence skills, I think is really important. Um, and again, rewarding them after they've done the work, after you've how many tasks you asked, you said you were going to do, give the reward time or the reinforcement time and then go back to work tasks. I know, I've seen a lot of parents trying to sneak in one extra one and then I'm just like, no, don't do it. I think everyone's guilty of this. Listen, we're not saying this to shame anyone or to, you know, everyone does it. We, we've, we've done it. People have done it. And then you learn from it. And if, and you've learned to know when to back off and when to stop. It's like mm. we, as a society, this is what we get as ch- children. It's always, you know, we, and we learn this and become adults and we keep this behavior. So it's just the, the bottom line is your child's behavior will not change until your behavior changes. So you can't expect your child to learn like by itself because we didn't learn by, by ourselves as neurotypical people. We, we did learn a bit through a lot through our environment and through observing, but these children, children with autism or adults with autism have a different method of learning. So, you can't expect them to be able to understand the same things the same way you did. Um, and even neurotypical children, to be honest, there's a lot of studies on that, that, you know, other methods teach, help learn better and teach better. But, you know, um, and like we mentioned earlier, don't don't worry about having to do everything at the table, like move around the house, like Lauren said, go to the garden, make it fun. And there's honestly, there's so many resources on Pinterest and Twinkle and Google and etc. that you can use it. The internet can be a wonderful thing. I mean, just use it, abuse it. I would say. Absolutely, use it to your advantage. That way, you you need to. It's it's the one tool that can really really help you if it's used correctly. If you fall down the rabbit hole and let children just choose their own stuff, they'll be watching absolute trash. Let's be honest. So we've got to <laughs> we've got to. We've got to filter that and use the best part of the internet, the best resources that are out there. And if you found it hard to be creative, have a look at what other people are doing and do that. And then when you do it, you'll figure, oh, that doesn't really work. Let's tweak this. And you'll feel so much better about it than just sitting at a table and doing reams of worksheets. I don't want to do that. 
I can't expect the five-year-old or the six-year-old or the eight-year-old that I know to sit at a table for three hours and do worksheets. That's not feasible. So yeah, think creatively, be different, try stuff. If it doesn't work, it's okay. Khan and I will tell you. We have done many, I mean, I do things all like daily that don't work. And I go, okay, well, it didn't work. Okay, next time I'm going to do this. I'm going to try that. And the perseverance and the the willingness to get to be better is the only thing that drives me. Um, and to, to see more success and draw more success out of the young people I work with. That's the only thing that drives me. And exactly, I want to get it to the perfect point. Yeah, and sometimes it's a thing of you, for you, you might think, oh, this is so easy. Why don't they want to do it? But think about it's easy for you. But think about how it might feel for your young child. It might be really hard. If it's something you know they they can do and they've done it, fair enough. But it's something, a, a new concept or a different <clears throat> a different worksheet. Don't assume that it's easy. Because I, for example, you know, I, well, Lauren is a BCBA. Uh, so she's a behavioral consultant. I'm working towards becoming a behavioral consultant and I have to study. And I've been setting myself an hour a day to study and I haven't been able to keep to it. So what I've done is I've set half an hour and said, okay, you know what, Carla, just do half an hour a day. And because when I'm once I'm because I think my brain goes, oh, half an hour, it's not too bad. And because I start the half an hour, I actually do more work on my own because then I, I feel like, oh, this is not too bad. I can just carry on. And it's the same thing with your children. If they want to carry on on their own, do it, but don't, but there's, if there's a lot of avoidance, just look at what the amount of work, the kind of work, do they understand it? Do you need to teach other things first? Um, but yeah, so this is our ABA kind of advice of look at the whole situation, you know, and I'm sure they're not perfect in school. So give yourself as well a break if you're not always doing stuff or doing or doing work 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 and i think that's what we wanted to tell you guys yeah 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 that's what i want to share with you today so if you want to talk to us about you know things um our email is aba.owls.uk at gmail.com we run workshops um in Wimbledon at the moment we're running them online because we don't you know because of the whole pandemic our next workshop is on the 28th of April uh, it's 28 isn't it Lauren actually I should have yes I think it is <laughs> a <laughs> um, and we're running on it's going to be about food programs and introduction uh, I don't know Lauren do you want to give them a sneak a little sneak peek of what we're going to talk about the summary yeah, of course. Um, so I did my thesis on food programs and running different types of food programs. So I'm quite passionate about um, how successful they can be. Um, so, yes, and, and it's something that we find, Carla, and I find quite common with the young people we work with, especially children with ASD um, and other special needs, is that they have quite limited diets and they're quite restricted on what they'll eat. So we thought it would be quite a good workshop to introduce the topic of food programs what they are, how we use them, why we think they're successful. So, yeah, so please join us. If you have a picky eater or a restricted eater, please join us on our workshop. Um, we'd love to have you. Um, we unfortunately won't be meeting in person, so we'll be doing it via um, a call. So if you'd like to do that, please join us. Um, you, if you email aba.owls 
uk at gmail.com um we can send you some more details about our workshops and please join us we'd love to have you exactly and to be clear like we we won't be discussing what we talked about in the workshops on the podcast so the podcast is for different topics um so this this topic will be exclusive to the workshops uh but the more the merrier we have a lovely group uh, of people who join us and who already been regulars with us and they're all amazing and funny and we always have a good laugh because I know it's a nice space people can be I, I'm I'm hoping we're nurturing a, a group where people can be honest and share their you know their difficulties in a non-judgmental forum because we we're all about you know what let's look at solutions where that's where we're focusing on so Whoever wants to join, a parent, a professional, someone who's just interested, please join us. Like Lauren said, we are very happy to have people, uh, new people, old, any people. <laughs> <laughs> any people. Um, I think that's it for us. So we'll yes. see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.